welcome to Coping with Ghosting, the show that provides hope, healing, and understanding for anyone who has been ghosted. I'm your host, Greta, and today my guests, Clover and Rosemary, are here to share their ghost stories and what they have learned since being ghosted. Their new show, The Ghost Podcast, features underground stories from the ghosted, the lost, and the genuinely confused. Welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having us. I am such a huge fan of your podcast, and I love the work that you do helping others recover from ghosting. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us today. We're thrilled to be a part of this and kind of join our forces and share all of our stories and and the good that has come out of such a, a toxic thing. Right. So Rosemary, let's begin with you. I'd love for you to please share your ghost story with our listeners. Thanks, Greta. And I just want to mention, if you do hear some background noise, I do have some children playing a very intense imagination game with Legos right now. (laughs) I have been ghosted a lot, probably like most of your listeners. The specific ghost that happened to me that led me to start the ghost podcast with Clover was a ghost that felt different. In that ghost, I felt that there was a deep emotional connection that happened very quickly. And because of that, it made the ghost a lot more painful. And it was very hurtful to me because I felt like my ghost knew how vulnerable I would feel emotionally by ghosting me the way that he did. And he did it anyway. And honestly, that made me very angry. And that's something that I'm still struggling with today. I do share the specific details of that story in episode two of our podcast, which you can find on our website. Of course, I don't know how he feels or why he did it. I only know how it made me feel. And I wanted to tell the story about how it made me feel and my pain and share my perspective. And I really wanted to have a voice where I was silenced. And that experience led me to think a lot about ghosting. You know, what is it? Why do people do it? And the pain and the hurt that it causes and how it's really just the silent treatment. My family actually has a history of silent treatment. My grandmother didn't speak to my father for something like 40 years up until she died. And currently my dad doesn't speak to me or my brother. So this is a topic and an issue that actually has a bigger impact and meaning in my life. Ghosting or the silent treatment or whatever you want to call it, it's not just this one-time event. The effects of it, they can go on and on. And it's just, I feel like it's this ongoing experience. And to me, it feels like every day that my ghost decides not to reach out to me and not to contact me. And in every silent treatment situation, Every time that somebody makes this choice every day not to communicate and to ignore people in their life, that it's this ongoing impact. And for me personally, I just struggle a lot with not having closure and it's really hard for me. And I want to move on. I really want to move on. And without having this closure, it's just really hard. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing this. Yes, the silent treatment, ghosting being abandoned, all of this leaves us without closure. And Dr. Pauline Boss 
coined the term ambiguous loss, which is a relational disorder caused by the lack of facts surrounding the loss of a loved one. And she explained that ambiguous loss can really freeze the grief process. People can't get over it. They can't move forward. They're frozen in place. It really is an ongoing experience like you described. I explained more about Pauline Boss in my first Coping with Ghosting episode. And yeah, you're not alone in this experience. I wonder, Rosemary, what have you learned since being ghosted? An outcome of that specific ghost that happened is that I decided to make art about it, which is our podcast and the story that I tell. Telling stories and sharing is hopefully it's a way to elevate this topic and begin to have conversations around it. I don't know if I've learned anything or if you can ghost proof yourself, but I do hope that I've grown and learned as a person. And I think that I have. And that's really all that we can hope as humans is to learn from our experiences and try to be better people. And Greta, you were an, a guest on our podcast. And since we recorded that episode together, something I've been working on and thinking about a lot and trying to do better at is to have compassion for ghosts. And as you pointed out to me that they do this because they have their own personal issues and that there's things going on with them. And I'm working really hard in having that compassion and understanding. I'm glad that my advice helped and that you are cultivating compassion. That is such an important piece to this puzzle. Thank you. Clover, would you please tell us what happened between you and your ghost? Yeah. So I think a large part of my story is the fact that I was on this 12-year hiatus from dating and had been in a marriage. And so a lot of my dating experiences feel very new to me at 37 years old. I think that being a mom, having kids, and delving into this world is startling enough. But then to learn of, of this phenomenon of ghosting firsthand really took me aback. So I saw somebody for a period of time and I think the biggest thing is, is that there was a lot of communication. There was a lot of conversations about being secure and feeling safe and making me find that space with this person. And to go through all of those steps of, of beginning something with somebody and then to have them ghost you at the end of it is, is really confusing and so that was my story is just this same story that many of us go through with this kind of human that brings us all of this joy and it's fast and hard. And maybe we've even resisted it a little bit to begin with because it felt too good to be true uh, to then be left in the end of it. It's painful, but I also think that it's an important part of us figuring out who we are and seeing people for other reasons, seeing things within them that maybe we ignored. I think that we find all of these lovely qualities about humans that we're engaging with. And a lot of the times we just are brushing off things that, that maybe are a bit of a red flag with them. So I think really this whole ghosting experience has led to me analyzing things like the silent treatment, as, as Rosemary spoke about. My family has that history as well. It's something that's ingrained in me and it's very easy for me to default to, but I can, I can recognize that, right? So recognizing when I might be prone to maybe not necessarily ghosting, but, but veering towards that 
communication breakdown is something that really has piqued my interest in all of this. Thank you for sharing that. How long were you with your ghost? Uh, It was a fast and hard two months. In Mm -hmm. hindsight, that seems very short, right? Especially in comparison to a 12-year marriage. But in certain ways, you really get comfortable in this whole relationship dynamic so quickly. And, And we're so disillusioned by what we see in media and what we're supposed to feel. I'm reading a book that Rosemary turned me on to, and it's how to date men when you hate men. And there's a lot of conversation around this idea that we're set up to feel this way about relationships and that it's okay for them to go quickly and love and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's also okay to pause and evaluate things in life, right? Okay. Yeah. Sometimes things are fast and hard, mm-hmm. but your life has to come with, you know, evaluation of these people that we're dating. So two months felt really wonderful until it did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That book that Clover mentioned, that's a book that I read post ghost that really resonated with me. And I just want to say the name again, because it's such a fascinating book. I actually was calling Clover and force reading passages. <laughs> it's called how to date men when you hate men. It's by uh, Blythe Roberson. Um, don't let the title uh, put you off. It's an incredibly funny book. Um, the title is meant to be ironic. She is a comedy writer and actually, um, Uh, Clover and I do intend to talk about this book on our podcast. And this book was very healing for me. It really changed my perspective on a lot of things because it does talk about this concept of how there's this narrative for women to really have this idea of trying to actively seek these immediate connections and, and, you know, kind of put a lot of energy into finding the one and thinking that it has to be this, um, you know, this fairy tale love and putting a lot of energy and thought into constantly thinking about this person and making it work despite, you know, possible red flags and having these intense crushes and things like this. And I really just wish I had read this book, you know, a long time ago, because it was very freeing for me to read that and to sort of have this concept of that is not how it has to be. And that's not the way it's meant to be. And since reading that, it's really allowed me to have this idea in my head that it's okay to have multiple crushes at one time, to have Mm -hmm. a lot of different things going on and not to have to feel that it's, you know, you need to have these intense feelings and ideas about one person. It's okay to have that about multiple people at one time. So definitely recommend reading that book. And I just want to also mention something that Clover said about her story and something that you mentioned, Greta, about these ghosts. You know, I had something similar in my conversations with my ghost that really affected me, where there were things in my past that I shared. One of the things I mentioned that that made it so painful and, and made me angry was that I felt that, you know, I had shared things about why I was so vulnerable to this type of thing happening to me things in my past, things about my family, things about my history. And those conversations, like Clover said, happened that I thought I had made it clear that this something like this would be very, very hurtful to me. And this was the first time that this has happened to me Mm. at that level. You know, I've been ghosted lots of times, but not at that deep emotional connection where it just hurt. It hurts. Mm -hmm. It hurts when someone knows that about you and then does it anyways. 
Yeah. And I think that going back into talking about the vulnerability piece is, is that I know that both Rosemary and I are not akin to just dump a lot of this personal information rapidly like this ever. Right. So these are like such closely held subjects that we felt safe enough to share. And I think that that's where the pain can really come from because it's, we don't always want to be closed off, right? We want to keep ourselves safe. Vulnerability is a real challenge in dating in general. Mm -hmm. And so to have the space where you feel it is okay to be vulnerable and share some of the deepest and hardest moments from your life with somebody and to then in turn have them do this ghosting act is incredibly painful. And, and so I guess kind of one of our hopes is, is that as we talk about these things, maybe we'll reach somebody that has done this so that they can potentially reflect on it as well. Right. Because I think that there is redemption for people. I know that I've done things and I've apologized to people for things that maybe I've done, or I've disengaged from a conversation with somebody that I've dated, but not in this in-depth level. So we're really interested in evaluating both sides of the story, because I think that there's a lot that we could be missing. And I think that you guys touched on that a little bit when talking about compassion for the ghosters is I'd really be interested to hear some of that side of the story. Absolutely. I think that it's important to hear as many perspectives as we can regarding ghosting and every single thing that has to do with it so that we can get a better understanding and we can see that a lot of these ghosts were truly suffering and pain, confused, literally at a loss for words. Maybe they even thought it was the nicest thing to do. We we don't know why people ghost unless they tell us, but it is always fascinating to hear what they have to say. And I have to admit that I have ghosted because I honestly had no clue how to tell this person goodbye. And yes, I feel terrible about it, but I did in the end make amends. So that really helped to heal my heart. I just want to circle back to what you were talking about before Clover, when you were mentioning reflecting on a relationship as it's happening and taking a moment out of the whirlwind of love to do an inventory of possible red flags. So often we forget to analyze or just sit with ourselves and give ourselves the space to see how are we feeling? How are we doing? How am I doing in this relationship? And it's because love feels so good. Love is a drug. We get high off of it sometimes. Some people do, right? That's just the, we go crazy for love. It's, it's overwhelming in such a positive way. It's important to take a step back. And so now that you're out of it and it's, there's been some time and you've processed this on your podcast, what are some of those red flags that you saw with your ghost? For me, it's that I'm a very active and busy human being, right? I, I am very interested in dating parents with, with children just to kind of match where I'm at in life. So the, an important quality that I find is, is a single parent that has 50-50 custody of their child just for the sake of understanding one another. That was my ghost, but 
the things that I ignored were things like the fact that when I brought up that I was doing all of these things with my children on my weekends with them, you know, we had a full docket of exciting things planned. We were going to all different kids things, maybe parties, maybe to the nature preserves, whatever it might be. And I would ask him, what are you doing with your child? And he would say, oh, we're, we're just going to watch stranger things all weekend. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag for me. Right. Most of our time was spent sitting on the couch and relaxing and watching TV and eating food, which is something that I need in my life. I do need downtime, but the reality of it is, is that's not sustainable for me. Mm. That's not sustainable long-term for my family life Mm -hmm. and finding somebody that wants to date me as, as he had made me feel he wanted to date me those things have to align better for me. So there's a lot of inventorying of that. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to date somebody that I just like having in my life outside of my my family life. But long-term, that's that's an important part of of being in a relationship with me is the the fact that I'm a very actively an engaged mom. And I don't ever want to feel shame for that. Right. And and there was, I, I would find myself not wanting to talk about it or saying, oh, I'm going to be so exhausted because we're going to the theme park and then we're going to an art party. I shouldn't have shame for what I do on my free time or how I live my life and finding someone that I can find that fits into that. And that enjoys some of those things is a definite realization from this situation, just personality typing, right? We, Mm -hmm. we had a lot of great things in common, but when I got into the nitty gritty of it, there wasn't a whole lot of substance there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you can see that the ghost wasn't the best match for you. I always say that the person who ghosted you is never the one. You know, you deserve so much more than that. So thank you for sharing your feelings about what happened. What I really like and admire about both of you is that you've transformed these experiences into the ghost podcast and so much more than that. So can you tell listeners about why you started this podcast? We really want people to share their ghost stories and that can be stories of being ghosted. It can be stories about being the ghost. Our goal is to really just have a conversation about this When I researched this, I did not find a lot of platforms that are talking about this. What we really want is to give people who've been ghosted a chance to have a voice to talk about how it feels. Because when you are silenced, to be able to have a chance to tell your story, that is really powerful. I know that it felt powerful for me and I think for Clover as well. So we want to give people that opportunity. And then like we've mentioned several times, we'd love to hear the perspective on the other side. So that really is our goal is to have a place to have these conversations and to tell these stories. So if you would like to share your ghost and to be on our show, we would love to hear from you. So please reach out to us. And where can listeners connect with you? You can find us online on our website, theghostpodcast.com. You can also find us on our Instagram page, which is the ghost podcast stories. Or you can send us an email at theghostpodcaststories at gmail.com. You can reach us or drop us a line on any of these sources. 
I really like how real, raw, and vulnerable your podcast is. I am happy that you're bringing attention to this ghosting pandemic and really speaking up about it because I think the more we discuss it, the more we can see that we're not alone in our struggles and that there are healthy ways to heal. There are strength in numbers. And I just really appreciate you both coming on and being really courageous and talking to me about what happened. So I know that many people will benefit from hearing for this. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we conclude? One thing I want to mention is that if you would like to share your story, it can be anonymous. So we know these stories can be hard to tell. So that is an option to tell it anonymously. Yeah. Clover. I just wanted to thank you for bringing us in and getting to know us a little bit and joining forces, because I feel like the more of us that are open to talking about this, the more we can actually reach people. And I think it's important for us to have a voice in all of this. I think that it's great to network with other people who have experienced this and it sheds so much wonderful insight. It brings comfort and it also helps us process something that we've went through or that we've initiated even. So I just really wanted to thank you to that you have taken the time to be with us today. Thank you both. And everyone, be sure to remember when you are ghosted, you have more time to connect with yourself and those who truly appreciate you. You deserve the best. And one last thing, please connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Coping with Ghosting and be sure to download my free Coping with Ghosting guide on those platforms or on copingwithghosting.com.